Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. What's up, guys? We're back with another episode on Health Ignited here with my amazing, beautiful wife, Dr. Sonia Jensen, and myself. And uh, this week, we're going to talk all about this amazing hormone, testosterone. Mm -hmm. And it's a hot topic, and there's controversy around it, and like, what does it mean, and how does it, how does it affect us, and what kind of behavior is it uh, influencing or stimulating in someone. So we're going to dive into a whole lot of stuff around that. And uh, so if you like this information, please uh, stay tuned, uh, keep, keep uh, following us on this channel and uh, let us know if there's other topics or, or comments or questions you have around some of these topics we're discussing. So uh, when we talk about testosterone, what's that sort of first inclination that you start thinking about when you hear that word? Uh, when I hear it, just because I work with women, I think about libido. I think about motivation. Um, I think about aggression too. Yeah. And just how testosterone and estrogen work together to create an environment in our body to change things in our brain to make us um, really want to increase sexual behavior. So those are some of the things that come up for me. Yeah. You? Yeah. Uh, when I think of testosterone, I think muscle. Oh, okay. Like I think of like strength, and I think of like the mm. movie Three Hundred. Okay. <laughs> like just rip dudes attacking other people. Right. And yeah. Just Spartans. Spartans. I think mm -hmm. of like uh, resilience and doing really hard things. Mm -hmm. uh, I wore my hat backwards today because I felt like it raises testosterone levels. Oh. <laughs> Is that what you prescribe? <laughs> no, I'm, to sure, your I'm sure somewhere on Google, right? It's like this will increase testosterone. That will increase right. testosterone. I think we see it everywhere. But no, I yeah. think of like really strong men. Okay. Doing really challenging things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then what what does exactly testosterone do for me? Exactly. I, I think that it can be glorified and it yeah. can be, you know, all these things. But, um, you know, yeah, let's dive into it. Well, we actually did a, a post, right? So mm -hmm. we did a post on testosterone. And do you want to explain the post? And mm -hmm. then and maybe we can refer people to go check it out on Instagram. But, yeah. But describe the post because I think it's more realistic to, yeah. you know, modern day life yeah so when we see patients coming in we're often looking at low testosterone like you for men and me for women and so the post was really talking to what it how it impacts relationships when um, your counterparts like for me my husband's testosterone is low and some of the behavior that shows up with that and then how that will impact my perception on you and what I feel like needs to be done and um, just how it changes a dynamic in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So let's w walk through the post. Yeah. So I walked in with, uh, you know, hands full of grocery bags asking for help. And I walk into the living room and Nick is playing video games and drinking beer. And it's like 10 a.m. Right. Yeah. Nice and nice and early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so there was frustration, obviously, on my part that I'm not um, being heard. I'm not being seen. Um, You're not helping I'm you. Not helping me. And what I do see is him not taking care of himself, too. I think that's the bigger thing. You kind of see your partner then not in their best um, behavior, their health, like all of that. You can kind of see the trajectory 
all in that one moment and that creates frustration. Yeah, imagine yeah. like you, you kind of see the, your entire, the rest of your life play out in a moment. Yeah. Like you see this, here's this lazy dude sitting on the couch drinking beer yeah. at 10 in the morning and he's not helping. He's, he's like, I was out grocery shopping. You know, why didn't he like go mow the lawn or do something productive or right. like take care of the kids or play with them or, you know, yeah. there, I imagine that you forecast an entire reality of, of your future based on just that, that one yeah. moment. Well, we did that episode on um, the differences in the male and female brain. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for the female brain, it's like this instant. As soon as we see something like that, we are projecting out into the future of what it's going to keep looking like yeah. and the downfall. Yeah. of the relationship because there is no support and also resentment from the past and like what's happening in the present moment so yeah yeah our minds are going everywhere yeah and i can imagine like did i make the wrong decision here right yeah <laughs> what, what, how did we get what here? happened right yeah. because you know early in a relationship too like this mm -hmm. is this is an example of a more you know established you know routine based relationship but like, where's all the spark, the dynamic that happened, the, the work that the, the, the guy would have had to put in in order mm -hmm. to, you know, find an amazing woman such as yourself, right? Uh, what happened to that guy? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So imagine a lot of couples find themselves in these situations of like, who is this dude? Mm -hmm. You know, or it could be vice versa. Like we just gave it with that one lens. Yeah. It could be the other way around. You know, yeah. we could play out that. Well, we'll do another video on what that yeah. could look like for a woman. But yeah. Um, that's super interesting because I think a lot of people are stuck there, mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, there's, we always get some fun comments, right? Yeah. And there was a comment, um, like a lot of comments were like, oh, I didn't know that alcohol had an impact on testosterone. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about that one. Um, and then there were some just around like, how do you test? And so mm -hmm. we're going to talk about some of those things. But one of them, like we always get like a few comments that are really maybe abrasive or really, you know, Push provoking. you, provoking, yeah. yeah. And so here's a comment. Uh, W2F, uh, do, do you think testosterone is? Test makes you more of what you already are. It's not some magical chemical. WTF are you talking about? So, <laughs> and I was like, how do I, how do I, do I respond? How do I respond to this? Um, but let's talk about the backside of the, the post that we did mm -hmm. and then maybe get into that. So the magical side of the post was me coming to the fridge going like, oh my God, I got nothing done today. You know, I was playing video games all day. I was drinking beer my wife came home. She seems irritable towards me. I tried to explain that the beer was gluten-free and then that was, a, that was a, like a positive decision forward. Um, but like feeling frustration, because I think like this is the thing, if you're feeling that way, you don't feel good about it. Mm -hmm. You know, video games, alcohol, porn, whatever it is for that individual is a distraction mm -hmm. from that, that, ins that pain that you feel inside. So at some points you come to terms with that, oh, this just doesn't feel good. And so there's this moment of like coming to terms with that in the fridge, a lot happened in this post, right? Yeah, it did. <laughs> um, and then, and there's a shot of me putting some amino acids in water. Not that that increases testosterone necessarily, but then there's this sort of change in pace where um, in, in the things that I decided for myself on that day, and I was like out watering the lawn and like taking care of stuff outside. And then you're sitting there with your cup of tea, just, you know, oh, that's my man. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's what I like to see him taking care of stuff. And, and so, and it's not just that. It's yeah. like so many other things that, that a woman would be feeling when she sees her man do that. So maybe yeah. talk about some of that stuff. Yeah. So I think um, in that post, I mean, you can only 
say so much totally. and describe so much, but I think the underlying feeling for, I mean, I'll speak for myself, is that if I see you stepping up, um, it gives me this capacity to be softer. It gives me this capacity to be more feminine and feel like I'm being taken care of so that I can have the energy to do the other things that I need to do and to step up also. If I am having to take care of it all, it's going to create emotions of resentment, it's going to create anger, it's going to create distance. And I'm gonna be having this like internal battle of like, okay, I'm supposed to step into like my feminine power and be soft and do all these things, but I can't because I have to be in this masculine state and get the job done. Mm -hmm. And so if I see my partner taking care of that, then I can actually be more relaxed. Yeah, definitely. So it wasn't that I took a magic powder, it wasn't, but it was this coming to terms with something and then there's a change in behavior because the hormones are a response to the change in behavior. Right. Like if yeah. you're exercising, you're gonna have a hormonal kick. If you're mm -hmm. doing something that excites you, you're gonna have a hormonal kick. If you're, mm -hmm. gonna, if you're um, wanting to be intimate and, and your partner's on the receiving end and the partner's willing, you're gonna have a, a hit of hormone, right? Mm -hmm. But the hormones aren't really going to be stimulated or adapted to if you're sitting around drinking beer and playing video games all mm -hmm. day, and, you know, and not engaging in the world, not you know, challenging yourself to some degree, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So there's there's a lot of stuff there. So how do you like you know? There's a there's an assessment that that men women can can do. It's called the Adams questionnaire, and we'll just run through the the, the typical questions that that one would find on this questionnaire and it's not like it's not diagnostic yeah but it's it's relating to um a, an ability to see if someone's hypogonadal meaning they're not secreting the the androgen hormones to a degree that that would support healthy living yeah. right so yeah so for to... those of you watching and for those of you just listening maybe take a moment when we ask these questions to ask yourself these questions and under and answer yes or no so the first one is do you have decreasing libido which is your sex drive uh, do you have a lack of energy? Do you have a decrease in strength and or endurance? Have you lost height? Have you noticed a decrease in enjoyment of life? Are you sad and or grumpy? Um, are your erections less strong? I would say first morning. Is yeah. that a differentiation? Yeah. yeah. But and it could it could be just with just intimacy in general. In general. Have yeah. you noticed a recent deterioration in your ability to play sports? Are you falling asleep after dinner? Has there been a recent deterioration in your work performance? So as you can kind of see, everything has to do with motivation, performance, and we kind of call testosterone the zest for life hormone. Yeah. So this is for men and for women. It's definitely for men, um, it shows up more because we have estrogen that will kind of take over for testosterone. And so our challenges will mostly show up with low testosterone when our estrogen is also low. Mm -hmm. But for men, it shows up very quickly, would you say? Definitely, yeah. yeah. And, and there's a natural decline to hormones, yeah. right, as we age. So from, you know, on average, maybe 25, from 25 to, f to 40 years old, you're mm -hmm. likely to get about 50% decline in, yeah. in the overall you know, presentation. And for no. women, it declines every time you're pregnant by like right. around 15%. Yeah, like your it's, it's nature's family planning, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, so it's expected that, you know, intimacy, libido and things like that would drop with time. 
But there's a lot of things, as we, as you hear us discuss, there's so many things that expedite that that decline that it's not just one thing, right? Yeah. But there's all the, like the million little things, like the show that we're watching now. Mm-hmm. It's a million little things that are, that are going on a daily basis that are changing the way that these hormones are expressing. So to go back to that, that uh, gentleman's uh, response, it's not this is magical thing. And yes, uh, that when the hormones are there, they're giving you more of who you are. They're not unlocking some secret powers that were never there, mm-hmm. right? Like culturally, societally, uh, hormones are, uh, I mean, I guess you're rewarded for certain behaviors. So there's some really interesting research that shows that uh, testosterone is not a direct stimulus for aggression. Yet, if aggression was rewarded in the societal you know, makeup that you grew up in maybe, uh, then there would be, and you reintroduce testosterone back in, there's a chance that aggression would be there. Yeah. Um, aggression can also show up if there's excess, like super physiological doses, like what we would call steroid doses, there's signs of aggression. And again, I'd say that's probably more particular to certain people that had that reward for being aggressive. Or so, maybe they saw in their environment yeah, that that's that was how rewarded. you deal with life and it was rewarded and it was mirrored that, right? it was mirrored yeah. yeah so that thing around like you know boys will be boys yeah and you know it was in uh, i think we were watching the flash with soren yeah and there was a scene in there when you know the flash is little and he gets into a fight at school comes home and the mom's talking to him and then the dad comes home mm-hmm. and the only and the question the dad had was like, did you win? Right. right? And so he's like smiling behind the mom, like, good job. You know, you got yeah. into a fight. So I think it starts from there when you start to see, oh, I'm being rewarded for being more aggressive yeah. and being in that state rather than in a different state. Yeah. yeah. And I think like this is the exact point why it's so important to talk about. And I think why um, maybe there's some concern or fear around what it means to raise your testosterone mm-hmm. you know like oh no you're just going to be in a, this aggressive angry irritable person well it's it's only if developmentally or or culturally or in the community that you're in if there's a reward for behaving that way right. and i'd say like you know there's certain sports that are definitely more you know you know, obviously they're more physical and so there's there's a reward for being more physical and it makes sense in the context of the sport. And and if that's your reality, you may also display some of those behaviors when testosterone's higher out in that community setting. And right. so there it's in a very individual experience, I think, right. for, for the testosterone. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. So if we look back in history yeah. and some of the challenges as a society that we've had to face along like wars and making sure that your your people are safe and yeah. you know all the way from the caveman i mean i don't know the trajectory of um, men's behavior but in today's world um, there really isn't that fight yeah. for every man for sure and not every individual will maybe have access to or have the opportunity to play sports because i think sports is a way that a lot of people can get their emotions out raise that testosterone utilize yeah. the testosterone so for those that don't have those opportunities, do you see in the practice that those are the men that maybe have more challenge with testosterone? Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd be very generally speaking, but yeah. most of the time, men who are you know, exercising, they're not drinking a ton of alcohol, they're, you know, they're, they're proactive with their body, maybe they're still playing relatively competitive sports, whether it's like hockey or, or soccer, like in an intramural or kind of fun league, they, they tend to, typically of higher levels. And and obviously there's a whole metabolic challenge that goes on with testosterone too. So it's also that 
the people who are less likely doing that, they're also people who are more sedentary. Right. They're also people that are probably, you know, um, at the mercy of their vices or their, their cravings towards like a higher sugar diet. So I'd say that, you know, it's like we talk about hormones as an adaptive response. So typically if you're asking or tasking your body to, you know, get more support and energy because you are playing a sport or you are being competitive or you are challenging your body, you're also typically going to feel like you're in a better place. So you're probably going to make better food choices and be less metabolically challenged. So I think there's like a lot of factors that go into that, but mm -hmm. for sure. And then you talk about like historically speaking, I mean, generally speaking, there's not a draft, right? There's not this big push for young men to go to war. Um, I think a lot of, maybe, I don't know what the stats are, but I think a lot fewer people go into the army than maybe in the past. And then, you know, there's, there's a surge in like MMA fighting and all, all these different kinds of like cultural things that are coming back, which, you know, on one, on one way of looking is it's like the modern day sort of Spartan or the, you know, the gladiator. The gladiator. <laughs> and, and it's, and it's serving a role though. Like it, it's giving yeah. us an experience of what it looks like to be a stoic individual in a really challenging situation, right? And so I think sports and competition are so important for healthy hormone adaptation. Whether or not you want to be like getting injured in a ring, you know, that's obviously that's a very personal thing. But the point is, is that that competition and that sense of, you know, a fight, uh, a sense of like needing to raise your uh, aggression to, is going to be a stimulus for testosterone. And it's not going to give you some superpower. It's just giving you, it, it is like, I agree with that comment. It's giving you more of who you are, mm -hmm. right? It's giving you more energy to be more vital, to have more focus, to be, to be able to put muscle on. Like it feels good, women too, to be able to put muscle on your body and feel stronger in your body, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I think just breaking down the understanding of aggression is really important. Um, and a lot of this research that Robert Sapolsky is doing, he's a behavioral endocrinologist that looks at primates and, and what it means for having healthy testosterone levels and, and how that adapts to like just behavior in general. They talk about some different roles that, that um, say men play as a, as a nurturing caretaker father uh, naturally you're going to have lower testosterone yeah. levels than you would someone at the same age who doesn't have kids mm -hmm. because that nurturing aspect changes the, the whole symphony of hormones to more oxytocin and some other supportive Even hormones. Even prolactin when your partner is pregnant. Totally. Yeah. 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 So it, it changes the hormone profile. It's not that it's good or bad. It's just, you know, it's, there's different hormones needed at different times. Right. So do you think then those men have to work a bit harder to access so. their testosterone? For sure. But this is where like the habits and lifestyle and all of that comes into like even more importance. Yeah. Well, I know. I mean, I felt that when, when yeah. our first was born, right? Mm -hmm. I know there was a good six months there where I wasn't really doing anything. I was like snacking when you snacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eating when you were eating. Like yeah. obviously my metabolism must have increased because yours right. did. Right, yeah. And so you I wasn't... You were making milk, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I was just trying to help you. I didn't want you to feel uncomfortable, right? I didn't. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. um, but the point is, is that, you know, I wasn't really taking care of myself mm -hmm. and I was, and I wasn't even necessarily adding extra value, mm -hmm. you know, necessarily. I think I was, you know, a very involved father wherever I could be. But, um, I mean, in the sense that I wasn't, if I was to go exercise, I wouldn't have been taken away from you guys. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, it is important for men to still be doing something for their body, for the physical health, um, despite, you know, the, the child dynamics. Now, the other thing, like, 
the testosterone seems to be really tied to his status. So again, like if can you imagine if um, if it is if it is in fact that you know people were rewarded for compassion or rewarded for um, gratitude or serving you know the community that and that was collectively supported that would also be a stimulus for testosterone because if you feel like you can achieve something and and maintain your status by doing that that's so a certain testosterone. So that's why we have participation awards all the time now. Yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, any, like any other things that you want to say with regards to even maybe in relationship dynamics when, when men or women might not be expressing healthy levels? Well, I think, um, like in the video, you had an, a moment of awareness. Mm -hmm. So I think if there's awareness, there can be conversation over how each partner can support the other partner and raising that testosterone. Cause something that's actually coming up in that show that we're watching is, um, one of the men, like the husband, he's going through depression and like clinical mm -hmm. depression. And what we don't often talk about is that low level of testosterone contributes to yeah. depression and that feeling of like lack of motivation and all of that. So if we can have those conversations, then we can help each other figure out how we can support each other in habits that will support each other's hormones, specifically for men for testosterone, and then discern like is the lack of motivation or the low libido or the low energy is it actually coming from low testosterone or is there something else going on yeah well and yeah, i mean that opens up a whole discussion just around you know are we yeah are we looking at mental health through all, all the various different lenses right yeah. because when it's i mean in this particular show this gentleman was prescribed uh, antidepressant, mm -hmm. which was uh, magnifying the low libido, which mm -hmm. was magnifying the low testosterone state. And we know that you know alcohol is definitely a suppressant, but so are certain medications. SSRIs are definitely one of them that have uh, this estrogenic uh, effect, but it, it throws off the testosterone. And so that that was actually a dynamic that was really like playing out in that show yeah. that was mirroring the posts that we did. And it was interesting, even in that show, the woman was like, oh, I'm taking care of this for you, I'm taking care of this for you. And yeah, she, so was, she was stepping she stepped into, into her that. like masculine state. Totally. She had to. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and so it was good. Like it's, it's a good dialogue to see that uh, this whole masculine feminine energy, but also the, the masculine feminine nature of these hormones in the, in the body. Like testosterone doesn't make you a man. Yeah. It just makes you more vital, more strong, and, and more uh, capable of mm -hmm. the things that, that you're, you're mm -hmm. wanting to do for yourself, right? Yeah. Same, same for men. But yet, if someone does have to step into, if I have to step into a more feminine role, let's say like you don't want to take care of the kids, like you're, you're being boss lady and just doing that, and you're like, yeah. take care of all other stuff, I would have to switch roles, right? right? Yeah. And that would definitely have an effect on my hormones too. And so... The behavioral, uh, you know, fam familial dynamics are also an influencing factor for, mm -hmm. for how these things express. And then, like, what about, like, that mama bear aggression? Yeah. Like, that, like, that comes from, a, you know, orchestra of different hormones, too, but definitely testosterone plays a role. It's like mm -hmm. these hits of, like, maybe your baby's in danger and bang, Yeah, well, you there's that example in. of the mom that was able to lift a car yeah. when her kids were in danger. So, like, that is what we can tap into even as women and there's such an interplay between testosterone and estrogen that they go back and forth into one another depending on what the needs are and what needs we need to meet in our environment. Yeah, totally. Okay, so behavioral stuff for sure. Now, another thing is, um, you know, switching gears, how does someone know? So we talked yeah. about the Adam score, like the uh, basic questionnaire, a way to assess 
how how a uh, potential for hypogonadism or low testosterone. Um, but what do you what can you test or yeah, how, how so, can you test for this? I mean, I always use the Dutch test. There's also um, blood tests that we do, like running a sex hormone binding globulin, because we know that that binding globulin has an affinity for testosterone. So what that means is you can have free testosterone roaming around in your blood, but it doesn't mean it's actually going to sink into the receptors on your cells so your body can actually use it if these sex hormone binding globulins are around kind of binding all of that up. So that also will then translate into low libido, low motivation, low energy. So we look at blood work, plus looking at the Dutch test actually gives us an idea of like whether your testosterone is actually acting like testosterone or it's getting converted into estrogen, the enzymes, like it's getting aromatase, like it's looking at all those elements. And for women, it can show us how these things are getting broken down. So if we're having more like androgenic um, symptoms, like uh, male pattern baldness, um, maybe growing hair on our chin or different parts of the body that you know, normally wouldn't see it, um, more aggression and irritability and frustration and all of that. So it can give us an understanding of just how it's getting broken down in your system. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah, so that's, that's blood versus um, uh, urine. urine test. Mm -hmm. And then the nice thing about the urine test too is that, I mean, it's giving you variation in your cortisol because, mm -hmm. I mean, most of, the, most of the male testosterone is released from the testes, but there is some that gets released from the adrenal system too. Yeah. And so if we can see that someone's adrenal system, uh, which is your adrenal glands on top of your kidneys and they, they release sex hormones, uh, corticosteroids yeah. and, and uh, mineral corticoids. Well, our muscles also secrete testosterone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, yeah, many different sites, right? Yeah. But it's helpful to see like one hormone in the context of many, yeah. right? Because you can get a little bit more clear about where, uh, where there's uh, extra challenges or yeah. obstacles to hormone health, which you can't see in blood. It's just right. different, right? And that's the challenge that mostly if you go to your doctor, they're probably looking at your blood and, yeah. not, and maybe not even looking at the full picture in blood too, like your bioavailable, your free, your total. Your, your estrogen, your, your, your luminizing hormone. Yeah, right? to see how it's all functioning together. So I have a question for you around like, you know, men that maybe take steroids. Yeah. So maybe steroids or testosterone? Testosterone. Okay. Um, well, okay, so maybe discern that for me, like okay. what are steroids then versus taking like bioidentical testosterone to help support your hormones? Yeah, yeah, great question. So steroids, you know, is given it, it's, it's still testosterone. Mm -hmm. Now there's prescribed testosterone and then there's like, you know, let's say off market or things that you can buy from, you know, the guy, the, the, corner. the guy in the corner behind the gym yeah. or maybe, you know, different sites online that, you know, because if you're going to get prescribed testosterone, it's going to be typically done in what would be called a therapeutic range. So matching a blood work profile that's not putting you into something super physiological. So uh, the type of uh, testosterone, there's many different like esters of testosterone. Usually the ones that are given to men most are injectable, but there's androgel could be a prescription that's from uh, a lot of maybe uh, medical doctors or there's bioidentical prescribed testosterone which could be in a cream there's patches there's sublingual there's a lot of different ways to take it but typically if you're going to take like an off market or like um, a performance enhancing testosterone which would be in this class of steroids you'd be doing probably more than 200 milligrams per week mm. you know probably in excess of like five, 600 milligrams per week, which is way beyond uh, uh, what a normal dosing strategy would be 
versus more what we would call testosterone optimization, we would be sitting somewhere between 100 milligrams to 150 milligrams per week, you know, somewhere around there if we're using injectable testosterone, but also respecting the pulsatile nature of hormones. So if you just give this huge bolus into the body, it has to convert some into estrogen. Yeah. It has to do all these other things with it. It's an unnatural, completely unnatural way to, to take it, of course. Um, so and the impact on like liver, kidney, and oh, all the other so systems. so many things. Yeah. yeah, and then like just the huge estrogen-provoking uh, reality of it alone is is going to be disruptive in the body. And so then a lot of men will use uh, aromatase inhibitors, which shutting down any pathway in the body is never good. But you know, so there's there's this more complication. But right. you're getting to super physiological dosing versus optimal physiological dosing within a therapeutic range. And uh, that's the main differentiating point. So then physically, can men get the same result as if they were using a steroid versus yeah. the bioidentical? Yeah, I mean, when you're, the, the problem is that there's complications. So yeah. there's, anytime you, you go sud, onto such a high level, there's also cons increased concern for prostate or pro prostate hypertrophy. Um, I've seen a lot of men who have used steroids in the past. They seem to be, again, in our clinic, they seem to be more likely to develop prostate issues later on. Yeah. Um, uh, testosterone in itself isn't something that provokes testosterone cancer, but it, it does cause growth of the, of the prostate when it converts into dihydrotestosterone. And so um, if you have a whole lot more there, you're getting a whole lot more conversion, you can get a whole lot more stimulus for growth. But it doesn't in and of itself mean that it's going to lead to cancer or to, mm -hmm. to cause prostate cancer. But Yeah, but the byproduct though, like we were talking about with the kidney issues, yeah. um, increasing cholesterol, yeah. and then not knowing what somebody's insulin maybe is doing. Because I imagine if somebody is taking steroids and taking trying to take a shortcut, yeah. maybe their diet isn't really where it needs to be. Or maybe it is. Maybe they're yeah. hyper um, vigilant around food too. Yeah. But... Um, Maybe I'm just making assumptions. Yeah. Well, no, it's, I mean, it's a com completely unnatural state to be insulin dominant, yeah. you know, from like maybe massive caloric load or huge amounts of whey protein powder that maybe are, are, are increased stimulus for insulin. Again, pe most people don't know what their fasting insulin is. Yeah. You know, so if you're doing, if you are bulking and trying to put on size, you should know your insulin, especially if you're doing such high levels of testosterone. Yeah, so do you think that wearing maybe a CGM, like those kinds of totally. things would be important? Yeah, improving metabolic health yeah. for sure is would be directly supportive for healthy testosterone. But definitely if you're on testosterone, you should need you should know yeah. these things. Uh, but t typically, like we, we coach people onto optimization and try to steer them off of yes. uh, the super physiological dosing because it just gets messy, right? Um, and then what about what about women and testosterone? Yeah, so I mean, I don't give it to every woman. Mm -hmm. um, it really depends on what the Dutch test is showing us, um, what her SHBG is, what her insulin is, and also um, just looking at symptoms, like what's actually going on for her and would she actually benefit from it. But I have given many women testosterone and they love it. Mm -hmm. and, they're not using it for a very long time and we're also using very very small dosing yeah um too because we know it is going to convert into estrogen and many women that come into me have some form of estrogen dominance or some challenge there so we do use it for short periods of time just to upregulate 
just that feeling like as soon as they start taking they're like oh there's the libido like mm-hmm. there's the drive oh yeah you know I creativity. wasn't creativity really creativity yeah. I wasn't feeling very purposeful and all of a sudden that's starting to show up again too so I think it can be a really great tool if it's used properly mm-hmm. and so then we do monitor things like their kidneys their liver all of that too to make sure that you know all of the system but mostly those that are working with us are also working on their metabolic health they're yeah. looking at the foods they're taking in they're looking at stress so stress is going to be a huge influence on what the testosterone is doing as well yeah yeah there's so many factors so um, as we dive into this topic more this month we're really going to be focusing on testosterone and many different aspects to think about but we really wanted to start today's discussion just around you know, you know what, what does this person look like how yeah. do you test does, what does it mean? Like, do, do people actually get, become more aggressive if they're on testosterone? Uh, and hopefully that, you know, at least started to get you guys thinking a little bit more about it. So, um, yeah, anything else you want to add to that for today? Uh, well, I think just that importance of it's important for both yeah. um, sexes, like females and males. Like, you really want to understand what your testosterone levels are, how to test it properly. So if you are going to your doctors, like, you know what questions to mm-hmm. ask and that depression and I'm sure we'll do another episode on that just specifically but yeah. it's huge in our culture right now yeah. and sometimes it comes out of nowhere it feels like so that's really should be this aha moment of like oh I really need to go check my testosterone to understand how it's having an impact on my brain because we have so many receptors on our nervous system Mm -hmm. just for testosterone so we know it doesn't just play a role in some of the things that we talked about around like libido and drive and in that way but it's also really helping support our mental health and our brain health yeah i love that you put a you know an extra pin in that one because you know, just to reiterate the, the world that we live in, if if there's only one solution, if everything most of the time conventionally is being managed mm-hmm. by, you know, antidepressants, like just, you know, the opposite of the feeling that we're feeling, if we actually looked at these things as symptoms of this bigger picture of hormonal decline or changes or obstacles or toxicity or dietary influences, you know, quality of sleep mm-hmm. you know we need to look at things as symptoms and not treat the symptom but really look at the bigger scope of how these things are impacting our daily life and so yeah. looking through the lens of the hormonal system is is one avenue in this whole orchestra of things that, that can have a profound effect mm-hmm. yeah so lots more information on this uh, in the coming weeks and for those of you that want a deeper dive please join us in our health ignited club which you can find on www.drsjensen.com and you can look for the Health Ignited Club in there. So we'd love to have you join us there. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited Podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.